It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 9th of February, 2023. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and business and reporting season. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Hey, Scotty, um, all 11 sectors negative today. D- does this one hurt? I wouldn't say it hurts, but it's just part of a broader theme. I don't know if you get the impression, but I, I could have, I feel that the tone has shifted a little bit. We saw that. Rollicking starts of the year, the biggest increase uh, in January uh, to kick off a, a, a full year uh, since uh, 1997, I think it was. And it was looked at destined for, for record highs. And then all of a sudden, we started talking about record highs and the, the index has become a bit spluttery and a bit coffee, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, today wasn't really convincing. And it hasn't been convincing, I've got to say, for about the past week. So, whether we're due a pullback, it feels like uh, we may have run a little bit too hard, too fast. Okay, so today's pullback, half of a percent, bringing the week-to-date losses to nine-tenths of a percent, below that 7,500 level, which is a psychological level for the market. I spoke with Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities on the call today and said, look, is this 7,500 level, you know, something really technical or is it just psychological? And he said, well, it's technical because it's psychological. That's how it works. So yeah, I don't think he was saying that there was a, you know, a, a big sort of, uh, you know, red flag if we do fall below the 7,500. But yeah, looking a little bit puffed out for this local market today in particular, I think. But those are pretty steep falls on Wall Street as well overnight. Yeah, it's a, it's continuing that game of snakes and ladders. I described it uh, in the drop earlier on today. Just there's no rhyme or reason at the moment. There's just so much volatility, but we're just going nowhere. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it adds to that sort of fatigue question. Have we uh, no priced in too much good news when it comes to China reopening, when it comes to soft landing, when it comes to mm-hmm. rate cuts? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, for the time being, it certainly it feels like the markets are tied. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, just to reiterate, 7,490 uh, is the final figure for the S&P ASX 200 down by five tenths of 1%. As I did mention, all 11 sectors uh, fell. AGL was the company that fell the most, off by 10% after posting a first half statutory loss. Uh, it did have its dividend. Now, that was well flagged to the market. I had a chat with Peter Gardner from Plato Investment Management today. Now, they are income investors. And he had said, look, we, we, we anticipated this would be the case. Um, but still, it did lower. It actually shaved the top off its earnings guidance range. So narrowed it was how they described it. But they actually, you know, in effect, lowered it by uh, taking that top a, mm. a little bit lower. Um, look, it's it's the decarbonization push, but uh, we did speak with the CEO uh, on the program today. Still, you know, still obviously talking uh, really positively about, um, you know, what's to come for the company, and that's despite the regulatory risk. 
Yeah, and uh, speaking of regulatory risks, uh, AGL you know, at the bottom of the boards, but then we had Whitehaven and Coronado Global, two coal miners, and of course uh, the big news story out uh, overnight was uh, Tanya Plibersek uh, knocking back that uh, coal mine mm-hmm. in Queensland right near the coast and the other uh, barrier reef, and uh, certainly uh, that weighed on those two coal producers today. There wasn't anything when it comes to the movements in coal prices to suggest anything otherwise. Yeah, all right. Well, look... Uh Regulatory risk, sovereign risk, or the times are changing, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, that is very real right now. Um, look, you can find that AGL interview online, osbiz.com.au, but uh, that Peter Gardner interview, you can access it via the show notes. Uh, we just had a good chat, Scotty, about incomes. You know, we've, we, we saw a very, very strong uh, year last year for incomes. He says he's expecting a bit more of a normal, quote unquote, year for dividends, which is sort of 6% a gross yield, including fully frank dividends. But we chatted a bit about what sectors he still expects to pay out, you know, pretty positively uh, this time around. But my point to him was, you know, well, that, that might be too late for many people. It's what happens for the remainder of the year. So if you want to listen into his thoughts, you can do so via the show notes. Um, definitely an earnings season theme, though. Megaport was down significantly, um, a 27% lift in revenue, but a first half loss, although it was an improved loss coming through. So that's the sort of, you know, bigger end of the town. Uh, and I had a, I had a good chat today with the, um, the fund manager of the Dexas Industria Retail REIT. It did report yesterday. Um, but I just think it's interesting when you think about the property sector, there's just so much divergence within it, you know, obviously in industrial properties and they're still, they're still being able to increase their rents right now, Scotty. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, Really very strong near term. I was having a chat with Chris Benningfield uh, from Key Global Investors on the other uh, show yesterday. And, uh, he did caution, though, that uh, industrial uh, around the world, not just here in Australia, but other parts of the world, uh, is perhaps the most crowded trade in that, mm. uh, that real estate property space. And, uh, yeah, he was a little bit cold on it. So interesting to see how it plays out. But certainly coming out of the other uh, pandemic and during that pandemic, uh, yeah, if you're exposed to the industrial uh, no, property sector, you're doing all right for yourself. Yeah, interesting comments as well in regards to AI, which is obviously such a such a hot topic no matter where you go um, right now and how sort of that will help dictate some of the trends in, in even industrial you know, property. So there you go. Uh, speaking of property, we had Mervac out today. It had its, um, its uh, yeah, obviously dealing with a lot, rising rates, uh, inflation input, cost inflation, uh, all the rest of those headwinds, but was talking about a few tailwinds today, one of which is migration. We sort of briefly touched upon it in the podcast yesterday, um, but does see some positives, you know, still low supply out there, migrants coming back, um, you know, really saying not all is lost, even though we do see a lot of, um, you know, less interest coming from first home buyers, et cetera. But uh, the market didn't really buy it, uh, finished the session down, I think around 3%. And uh, we had, you know, obviously some of the analysts weighing in and Jeffries says that while the earnings per share for the first half was ahead of consensus hopes, he called it a low quality beat that really did reflect the timing of commercial development profit. So he continues to point to weakness in Mervac's resi business as interest rates continue to bite. So again, you know, even in reporting season, Scotty, this, this, this continues to be a conversation about about interest rates, about what's going to happen to these companies, not just in the past half, you know, but but what happens from here to these companies. Yeah. Do we stay elevated for uh, for longer or do we go and have that uh, crescendo then the uh, immediate rate cut cycle as we've seen in other uh, other times? 
No, it's uh, history suggests that it will be the latter, but it's just been such an unusual few years that you can't rule out anything at this point in time, including how much magnitude uh, the increases from here still will be. And that's another area that's getting a lot of debate at the moment, uh, certainly following the RBA earlier this week. You're a beer fan, aren't you, Scotty? Like going out for a bit of a craft craft drink? Well, I can tell you, it's 36 degrees outside, so uh, I dare say I'll probably go and have a tipple uh, on my way home. Just uh, just to go and wet the whistle and uh, make sure I'm well hydrated. Yeah, I don't mind a beer. Yeah, you wouldn't want to show up at home with your children or child, I should say. <laughs> Not well hydrated. Um, but good drinks, Australia. Yeah, I spoke with the CFO today. That share price, and I think this is just, uh, you know, an interesting tidbit. It's up by close to 8%. You know, their revenues are up significantly, um, you know, 80-something percent in the half. As we keep going out as we're spending up on these services as we're you know happy to spend on beer and experiences so he was really talking up the diversification of the business yes you know they can sell it in the in the in the you know beer stores but uh it's it's uh also all about going out and i you know obviously there's potential headwinds there as well with consumers perhaps needing to cut back a bit but I dare say that even in some sort of a downturn, you and I might still be keen to go out and have a bit of a, as you put it, tipple. Yeah, you know, let's hope that result isn't uh, isn't flash, not a fizzer. <laughs> Maybe die just blowing the top of it. Speaking of being a dad. All right, let's move on from that. Uh, look, I'll get to the stock of the day. Uh, I had the pleasure of hosting... Of hosting the call today, my guests were Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities and David Lane from Ords. And uh, we talked about elders because, you know, yesterday we saw elders share price drop about 7-8%. It did an update to some private investing groups or private update, I should say. It then released to market today an update that it gave to Goldman's because obviously... Uh, yeah, you know, got slapped with a price inquiry by the ASX tomorrow. Regained a bit of ground today, um, but let's just listen into what these guys have to say about its prospects going forward, whether it was a buy, hold, or a sell. I think what the market may have been spooked about is the the outlook uh, going forward, in that we are seeing a softening of, of prices for cattle and sheep, and those ABF forecasts are that we will see a, a less positive. Um, production year next year and uh, but yeah in terms of that value um, they've come off significantly their shares uh, are trading uh, you know just above that nine dollar mark the PE ratio is 8.7 times dividend yield of six percent or over six percent at the moment so from a value point of view uh, it does stack up very well mentioned prices have started to moderate over the past 12 months um, so you've got that um, you know situation where prices are, are heading back we've had excess rainfall uh, as viewers will recall last last November we had you know, CEO resign and um, and a softer outlook than expected so you know the momentum has definitely you know definitely turned the corner several months ago and um, and things are going against the company uh, and I guess yesterday's sell-off was Potentially, a lot of investors thinking, well, you know, the, given that that momentum, they were a bit worried they were going to get another sort of shock, um, sho- you know, shocking set of numbers. Uh, look, 
so um, not a ringing endorsement. Uh, Michael Gable's commentary pretty lackluster there. But David Lane from Ward Minette say it's looking pretty good value at this price, you know, fair, fairly reasonable priced. And so he would be accumulating on any further weakness. Um, look, it was a really lackluster day in terms of economic data here locally. Um, you know, tonight we get the jobless reads in the state. I don't even know what Fed speakers we have on tap, but let me just guess that they'll be talking about, much like we heard last night, the likelihood of further interest rate increases, although they could be in the 25 basis point range. Agreed, Scotty? Yeah, we heard, I think, from six Fed speakers last night, and I learned absolutely nothing new whatsoever. Uh, and I think it's going to be that way for a while. We, we desperately need some new information. Uh, hopefully, we might go and get it with the inflation report out, uh, which will be released on Valentine's Day. Uh, next week, uh, maybe that will be some uh, love for the market or maybe a bit of a spite for the market. But uh, that might go and spice things up a little bit because it just feels stale. Everyone's just speculating now about what may or may not happen with inflation and what may or may uh, happen with interest rates as a consequence. Well, we need some fresh input right now. We get some uh, some interesting data out of Germany tonight on the inflation front, uh, which could go and change the uh, the inflation conversation there and maybe potentially around the world as well. Yeah, well, you know, always looking for information on inflation, as it has been the word of 2022, and it's still in 2023. Around the region, we do have uh, Chinese markets looking pretty robust as we record this podcast. And uh, worthwhile mentioning in Japan, we have had Toyota report 22% profit jump in the third quarter, so beating expectations, helped by the weaker yen uh, sales volumes as well, and that helped it, you know, really offset some of those raw material costs there. Uh, after the bell, we had Disney reporting. The big news there is a massive restructure, 7,000 jobs to go. So again, you know, there's there's movement happening in the U.S. jobs market. Whether or not it will be reflected in the jobless claims tonight uh, remains to be seen. We're not seeing a big expression of any of the layoffs that we've seen, particularly in tech or finance coming through in those jobless claims. There's many theories as to why. Um, but yeah, one data point uh, that we can hang our hats on tonight. And uh, also, Scotty, still some quarterly earnings coming through. We've got PepsiCo, which I always like because it gives you consumer, it gives you uh, input costs, it gives you labor market, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Hey, Scotty, do you know that big oil in the States more than doubled its profits in 2022 to $219 billion? That's eye-watering that's extraordinary i can't believe that number it's crazy yep and almost uh nothing is going back into reinvestment it's all been uh you know buybacks and uh dividends to investors so yeah. structural decline in that sector and making mega profits uh it's interesting space to be if you uh, if you get the timing right and you, you guess the policy settings right as well uh, it could be very lucrative moving forward as well. But uh, yeah, a lot of people look at the stranded asset side of the equation and don't like it. But you can see that there are there's some companies that are looking to go and uh, and elongate that uh, that process of switching from uh, from very highly uh, carbon uh, intensive energy to uh, to less intensive energy. That's uh, one to keep a close eye on as well. But yeah, it is amazing how much money is being made from that sector, and we're seeing that with the local gas giants here as well, and our coal producers as well. Yeah, which reminds me of that conversation with Peter Gardner. He reckons we'll still see some pretty solid uh, dividends coming through from the energy names as they report in the next couple of weeks. It's uh, getting really busy in terms of results 
uh, next week in particular. Um, but look, uh, that just reminds me to, to just say, if you if you want to listen to another couple of great interviews via the show notes, you can. Michael Janicki, who is uh, head of uh, Australian Equities at Credit Suisse, he'll be talking, no doubt, about some of the companies you should be keeping your eye on for reporting season, what he expects will outperform. And uh, yeah, there's there's always some great interviews that you can click on and listen through if uh, you're on your walk and you'd like to keep going or still on the drive home or bus ride home in my case. Um, it's always worth, um, you know, catching up with even what I miss during the day. It's impossible to keep across it all. Uh, it's Friday tomorrow, Scotty. How's about that? We've got uh, Brian Nick, Chief Investment Officer from Naveen to kick things off tomorrow. Um, I'll be looking forward to hearing from Omkar Joshi from Opal Capital as well. And uh, you've got Adelaide Trimble, I think, on the big picture tomorrow. That's a good way to cap off the week. Yeah, it was uh, always great having a chat with uh, Adeline or, uh, or Madeline. I'm not sure which one uh, is going to be coming on okay. the program, but both are very, uh, very good uh, to go and have a chat with about uh, what's going on in the Aussie economy and some good insights on the data. So always worthwhile tuning in for the big picture. And uh, I'm pretty excited as well uh, tomorrow afternoon. Some uh, old friends uh, from uh, careers gone by have just happened to go and make their way into Adelaide. So we've got a bit of a celebration planned tomorrow night. So it should be good. Dare say there will be a few tipples consumed tomorrow night as well then. All right, Scotty, you go enjoy that summer weather in Adelaide. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk tomorrow. All righty, take care.